0: Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.PurposeMCC.com. And now, here's our pastor, Cornelius Phillips, with today's message. Right now, let's open our Bibles up and and get in the Word for just a few minutes. I want to... Go go to uh, tell you what. Go to First Chronicles chapter fourteen first, and then hold your finger there and go to John chapter ten. First Chronicles chapter fourteen. We're going to look at verse eight, starting with verse eight through seventeen. I'm not going to really be in detail there I just want to use this as a kind of a launch pad and then we'll, we'll um, go back over to John chapter 10 let's get John chapter 10 first I told you uh, a few weeks ago what uh, one of the, the focuses was on during during my time of, of <clears throat> fasting and prayer was what uh, Holy Spirit had, had given me with the word show uh, to see was the S and the H was to hear and the O was to obey and the W was worship and so uh, I've, been, I've, I've been on the seeing part for the whole time that we've been fasting uh, every chance I could get and, and so, uh, yesterday, God began to um, deal with me about the hearing. And um, through some, some different things, some things were suggested to me, and uh, Judy and I were talking, and God began to kind of bring some things back to me. And so, anyway, he began to, to really uh, uh, deal with me about hearing The voice of the Lord and I think if I were to ask you the question tonight uh, what what would be one of the most precious things that you could possess in your relationship with God uh, probably one of those things would be able to hear God and to uh, to know when God is speaking to you and to know that that God's to know God's voice and so uh, you know uh, in reality, it's hard to walk with God if you can't hear His voice. And, and so I think it's <clears throat> extremely important uh, that, uh, you know, and to understand it's not near as much for me as what I say to God as what God says to me. It's more important for me to hear what God says to me than it is to be able to get my words across to Him. So let's look at John chapter 10 and then we'll go back over to 1 Chronicles and, and look there for just a moment. John chapter 10, beginning with verse 1, Jesus is speaking. He said, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs, up, climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep, and to him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. I want you to notice about four things in this passage that we just read. And it's very, very simple. Jesus said the sheep will hear his voice. And when they hear his voice, he'll lead them out. That's in verse 3. Then in verse 4, he said the sheep will follow him for they know his voice. So they'll hear his voice and they'll know his voice in verse Four, and then in verse five, he said, "A stranger, they will not follow, but they will flee from him." And then in uh, the next one is is also in verse five, he said, "They do not know the voice of strangers." Now, that's <coughs> that's one of the areas that I want to kind of talk about tonight is is a stranger they will not follow but will flee from him, for they do not know uh, the voice of strangers. And so, to kind of expand on that for just a little bit, <coughs> we, we talk about this scripture, and, and we, you probably, like me, quote it a lot. I'm a, I'm a sheep and I know my shepherd's voice. I, I know when he speaks and, uh, and uh, I, I know when he's leading and so I follow his voice. but, but sometimes have you ever have you ever done something uh, maybe you got in a situation or something, you made a decision, and after you made that decision, even though you had, you had thought about it, maybe and even prayed about it, but you made that decision. And after you made that decision, you realized that wasn't the right decision. Uh, anybody ever been there? Amen. But you thought, you thought that you were making the right decision. You thought that, that you, was, you was hearing God on it. But afterwards, you realized that, no, I wasn't hearing God. Uh, and so, so what was you hearing? Uh, what what was you what was what voice was speaking to you? And so that's what I want to look at tonight. Uh, now let's go back over to uh, First Chronicles, chapter fourteen, and I just wanna just want I was I, I thought about this passage of scripture today because it kind of gives. Uh, a good example of the importance of listening and hearing the voice of God, because uh, you know as well as I do that that not every, not one battle that you fight is the same as the one you fought yesterday. We're all fighting different battles. Now there are times that we're that they might be they might be with the, with the same uh, situation. You might uh, fight battles with the same situation. But the battle strategy, uh, the, the battle uh, itself is constantly changing. It's different. The enemy comes at you from one side today and he'll come at you from another side tomorrow. So it's constantly changing. The landscape of the battle changes even though you might be fighting uh, a, a, a single enemy. But in... 1st uh, Chronicles chapter 4 look at verse 8 it's talking about David and the Philistines and it said that when the Philistines heard that David was anointed king over all Israel all the Philistines went up to seek David and David heard of it and went out against them now isn't that just like the enemy uh, when when they found out that David had been anointed king over all Israel, uh, that they, they immediately uh, went out to uh, attack David and, and uh, to, to cause havoc. And the Philistines, verse 9, came and spread themselves in the valley of Rephaim. Now notice what David did. David didn't just jump up gather up his soldiers and his and his weapons and go out and fight but notice what David did David inquired of God in other words David prayed saying shall I go up against the Philistines question 1 and wilt thou deliver them into my hand question 2 and the Lord said unto him go up for I will deliver them into your hand all right So they came up to Belperazim, and David smote them there. And then David said, God hath broken in upon my enemies by my hand like the breaking forth of waters. Therefore they called the name of that place Belperazim. And when they had left their gods there, little G, David gave a commandment, and they were burnt with fire. And the Philistines yet again spread themselves abroad in the valley. Therefore David inquired again of God, and God said to him, Go not up after them, turn away from them, and come upon them over against the mulberry trees. And it shall be that when thou shalt hear a sound of going in the tops of the mulberry trees, that then thou shalt go out to battle, for God is gone forth before thee to smite the host of the Philistines. So David did that and God gave him victory over the Philistines. But what I want you to notice is that there was twice (coughs) that David had to confront this enemy. The first time David confronted the Philistines, he prayed, he inquired of God, and asked God do I need to go out and fight this battle secondly are you going to give me victory in this battle and, and God said go and he said yes I'm going to give you victory but the, the enemy came back again and this time again David inquired of the Lord he didn't he didn't as the first time he didn't pick up his weapons and run out and say well this was the way it was done the first time so uh, I know the same way God's going to bless this, this time <clears throat> just like he did the last time so I'll go out and I'll, I'll fight them, and I won't have to I won't even have to pray about it David prayed about it and God said no I don't want you to do it the way you did the first time but this time I want you to uh, to go around. Uh, uh, he said, Go not up after them, but turn away from them and come upon them over against the mulberry trees. I think it's in First or Second Samuel where it says, Fetch a compass around uh, the mulberry trees. And then God said this. He said, And when you hear the sound of a going in the tops of the mulberry trees, He said, that's when you engage the enemy in battle. Now, here's what I want us to get. Everything about that battle, the first battle and the second battle, had to do with David hearing God. All right? It had to do with David hearing the voice of God. His victory was dependent upon him hearing God. His, his knowledge and even his faith in, in what he was about to go, when he was about to go and fight the Philistines, being that he had inquired of God and said, God, do I need to fight this battle? Listen, it's important for us in every aspect of our lives and every aspect of our day that we inquire of God that we pray, we get the direction from God. I think one of the reasons many times that we find ourselves in places where we're, we're in a pinch or in a tight uh, and, and things are not going right is because we assume <clears throat> that because God did it two years ago, he's gonna do it the same way today. But listen, listen, Spiritual warfare has changed and shifted within two years. And God might have other strategies that he wants you to employ when you're dealing with an enemy. David prayed and said, God, do I need to even fight this battle? I don't know where I got it from, but I I heard a saying, I think my dad might have told me this years ago, but I, I use it a lot. And the saying is this, that when it comes to problems, uh, whether they're in ministry or whether they're in my personal life or what, whatever, but when it comes to problems, there are fires that need to be put out and then there are fires that you, leave, you need to let burn out, all right? Sometimes you, need, you, you have a problem that will come up and you need to deal with that thing right then, all right? But then there are other times you need to just leave it alone. You need to just let it burn itself out, and it'll go out, all right? So it's important that we we pray about every situation and get the mind of God. And that's what David did. David got the mind of God. He knew that when he was going into that battle that God said, I want you to fight this battle. And secondly... He knew going into that battle that God had said, I'm going to give you victory. He knew that victory belonged to him. David didn't have the, the scriptures that you and ha- I have uh, in 2 uh, in Corinthians and, and Ephesians chapter 6. He didn't have those scriptures that said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. He didn't have that. He didn't have the the scripture in Ephesians where it says put on the whole armor of God and and, uh, for we don't fight against flesh and blood. He didn't have all that but he had a word from God and I want to tell you something, there is nothing that will charge your spirit up more than having a word of God when you're facing an an enemy and one of the problems in our society today in our churches today is that people don't have a word from God. Because they're not hearing God they're not listening for the voice of God and so David went on the second uh, uh, battle and God said no I want you to do it different so the important thing that I want us to see in this passage of Scripture is the fact that David prayed and God spoke and David heard what God said and uh, now, I don't know what we're going to do Sunday morning, but Lord's willing, we're going to go back and, and, and uh, catch this some more because David didn't always hear God. There was times when David didn't hear God at all. There were times he, he royally messed up. There was times that, that he didn't even get close to where God was. So, uh, <clears throat> but anyway... Understand this: that when it comes to you and I, as as children of God, there are many voices. There are many voices that we're going to hear. But I, I want to just point out four voices that that uh, that will speak to us uh, in our in our lives and our relationship with God. The first voice that you have to be aware of and be careful of is Satan. Satan will speak. Satan will will speak to you, and, and he will come to you and speak to you things that that and he'll twist it in a way and manipulate it in a way that will cause you to think that perhaps this might be God. The second voice that we need to be aware of is the voice of the world, the voice of culture. Culture speaks loudly. And here's the thing about the voice of culture. The voice of culture, many times we can recognize right off the bat that this is not what I need to do. But let me tell you something about culture. Because the voice of culture has the pressure. The voice of culture has a pressure that pressures you and pushes you and coerces you into conforming to the voice of culture. We see that today. It, it makes me sick. I get so frustrated and aggravated at, at people and the stupidity, and excuse that word, but it, that's all I can define it as is just sheer stupidity that, that somebody says something and it offends somebody and, and they make this big deal out of it. If you don't agree with me, you say something about it, then, oh my goodness, you're going to get fired from your job. Your, your life is going to be destroyed. Come on, guys. I know that's not us. I know it's the culture. And I understand that, but it's still frustrating. All right? But culture will put pressure on you. Somebody stands up and we see it almost weekly. Somebody stands up and and says something against homosexuality, says something against bi uh, or uh, transgender. I don't know where I got bi, bi gender. All right, still two of them in it. But uh, <laughs> anyway, but uh, somebody says something about transgender or something like that, or or lesbianism or something like that, and. The pressure comes, and 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 the pressure comes, and they either have to eat those words, or they wind up they will destroy their lives until they uh, prove to them that they were wrong. So we've got to be careful about the voice of culture, because I want you to know, guys, that 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 there's certain things about this this Bible that you can't back up on. But yet we're seeing, we're seeing uh, so-called churches and we're seeing, uh, quote, pastors and, quote, uh, lay, lay people that are backing up on the Word every day and giving in to the power and to the pressure of culture. But I want you to know that you can't give in just because culture Amen. is screaming at you. As a matter of fact, God's called us to stand in the middle of the stream. God's called you to be a rock in the middle of the stream. He's not called you to flow with the flow. He's called you to go against the flow and to be a voice that will speak out. The third voice that we've got to be very conscious of is the voice of our flesh <clears throat> because my flesh will talk to me. Your flesh probably been talking to you this week. Might even been telling you, man. You sure do miss Gunsmoke and Matt Dillon, and all that, <laughs> and sweets. That's the flesh talking. All right, all right. So, so you got to be aware and and guard yourself because flesh will will also coerce. Flesh will will continue to cry and moan. The thing about flesh is. Is 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 it will cry, it will moan, it will it will it will it will make you feel so sorry for it, it will make you feel like it's about to die if you don't coerce it, if you don't pat it on the back, if you don't feed it, or something like that. All right. So you gotta recognize the voice of flesh. And the third or the fourth one that that we wanna really be aware of, is the voice of God. God speaks, and He's speaking to us tonight. All right? Uh, God, God, God is working, and God is moving, and He is speaking to us. I believe that God speaks to us much more than we hear. All right? So Satan's voice, the world's voice, the voice of my flesh, and God's voice are the voices that we need to be aware of and, and, uh, and all that. So how do we know the voice of God? How do I know when God is speaking to me and not that I'm being seduced by hearing the wrong voice? How do I, how do I recognize that? The Bible says in, in the hour that we're living in today that the spirit of Antichrist is, is rampant, it's not coming, it's already here. Antichrist, that spirit of Antichrist is already here. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, beginning with verse 11, he's talking about uh, <coughs> the uh, man of sin has, is, has come, and the Bible says that, uh, verse 11, for this cause, God would send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. And that word delusion is something that causes one to wonder from the truth. And he said that this is going to come and it's going to cause them to believe a lie that they all might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. And That, that delusion is also being sent by the spirits of hell. Even now, there's delusion that's being spread across uh, uh, this land. And it's causing people, it's causing men and women of God to wander away from the truth. All right? People are delusional. They're delusional. They, their, their minds have wandered away from the truth, why is that? And and here's the thing. You hear people that that say things that that, that I'm am sitting there and I'm listening to them and I'm saying, my goodness, you know they they have they have compromised or uh, they have strayed away. I, I unfortunately I you know I had a person that was that was close to me. Very close to me, that that started out and and was on fire for God and 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 used uh, used by God in in powerful ways and uh, had the gifts of the Spirit flowing in their lives and and all of that and and God was greatly using this individual and 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 uh, they wanted to further their education and and so they went and they furthered, furthered their education but. They got connected in with some people that didn't uh, didn't uh line up with the word of God. And and they they began they began to learn more and more and more, but yet they began to drill further and further away from the word of God and from scripture. And and I watched this as it unfolded. And 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 you would try to talk to this individual and tell them, look, you're, that's not right. You're drifting away, and uh, and before you know it, uh, God didn't really create the world. the The world came about uh, by evolution, and and it started there, and it just went downhill from there. And it was kind of like standing on on the top of a river bank. I don't know if you've ever stood on the top of a wet river bank. All right. <clears throat> Once you start sliding. You go, you go all the way to the water, and so I watched this individual as they began to slide downward, and 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 it and it went further and further and further, and even to the point that that they uh, gave in to the homosexual movement and and accepted homosexuality and and even began to. Uh, uh, not use any kind of gender in their uh, in their messages in their sermons and they're still preaching during this time God is God is not a him anymore God is genderless I've got to be political, politically correct and I can't God, call God a him and I can't call him a her so I'm I, God is genderless uh, and 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 before you know it, this individual <clears throat> that had prayed in the Spirit, that had been used by God to, to give uh, unknown tongues and interpretation, this individual that had prayed uh, for people to receive miracles and healing and all of that had drifted so far away from the center that, that uh, I, I, I don't know their eternal destiny. But I do know this, friend, that you and I uh, have to be careful because it is no longer a delusion that is outside the walls of the church, but delusion has crept in and, and, and we have to be careful of the people that we allow to get inside of our lives because they will speak things into our lives that are against the, the plan and the purpose of God. Mark chapter 13 and verse 22. Jesus uh, said this. He said, For false Christ and false prophets shall arise and will show signs and wonders to seduce, if it were possible, even the elect of God, even the very elect of God, that they would seduce them. And... Uh, So we don't don't have to be surprised at what's going on in our culture because the Bible said it was going to happen. The Bible said it was coming. But here's the thing that we need to be on guard against is that it don't affect us and we don't compromise. All right? In Galatians chapter 3, Beginning with verse 1, Paul said this, he said, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth and crucified among you? This only would I learn of you. Received ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? He said, are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? Here's what was happening in the Galatian church. The Judaizers, those that uh, refused to accept the fact that Christ was the Messiah, they refused to accept the fact that Jesus was the Son of God. They were still bound up in obeying the law, the Ten Commandments, and the law of Moses. They were still bound up in this you-must-be-circumcised attitude uh, in order to to be a part uh, of of the Jewish uh, religion. And so what they were doing was they had had come in to uh, the Galatian believer's body, and they were telling them and they had told them you know uh, the law you you are under the law uh, it's uh, you know you've got to be under the law you can't you can't be right with God if you're not circumcised and under the law and and they were they were not talking to people that were ignorant guys they were talking to men and women whom Paul had already ministered to and who had already had an experience with God. These these people in the church of Galatia had already experienced the saving grace of Jesus Christ. They had already been covered by the blood of the Lamb of God and they knew that Jesus had died for them. But listen, this other group came in and began to talk and began to persuade and began to, uh, to uh, continue to pressure them until they got this Galatian uh, group of, of people back in this old mindset of, of we've got to be under the law. That is the reason that Paul came in and he used the word bewitch uh, because they had been uh, bewitched by these Judaizers, who had come in and convinced them that uh, the law was where they needed to be, and it diverted because it was a diversion from the cross of Christ back to the law, and uh, the law, and and what Paul was saying is that the law can only show you sin. The law can't deal with your sin. The law has no power to break the power of sin in your life. Only the blood of Jesus Christ can do that. But yet, here's these people that have that have been, <clears throat> they've been manipulated, <clears throat> they've been bewitched, uh, they've been deceived into going back to this old idea and worshiping in a manner that could do them no good. You see a picture of that today? You see a picture? Listen, I want to tell you, the important thing for us guys is this, that if you continue to water down the gospel of Jesus Christ, you will wind up with only a gospel but no Christ. Christ. Because if you continue to water something down over and over and over again, and you continue to allow compromise to come in, you will have, the Bible says, in the last days that they will be a form of godliness, but they will deny the power thereof. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation, to the Jew first and then the Gentile. Listen. The gospel of Jesus Christ is a gospel of power. It is not a dead gospel. It is not just words. It is not just sentences and and paragraphs. But the gospel of Jesus Christ is a powerful gospel. It is a life changing. That is the reason that it is the gospel itself is defined as the good news of Jesus Christ. Because it is life changing. It is life-altering. But what we're seeing in our culture today is we're seeing people just like the Galatians that are being bewitched because they're not hearing the voice of God. They're not able to discern that this is not the voice of God. But they're, they're listening and they're, they're mistakenly uh, accepting the voice of Satan or the voice of the world or the voice of the flesh what feels good and what uh, what makes me feel good and what uh, gains me acceptance with everybody else has got to be God. But I want to tell you, it's not. It's not because it is the word of God. And listen, if you want to know if God is saying it, find it in the word. I'm almost to get in preach mode here, so I'm going to back up. All right? Here's the thing, guys. We need to recognize that we are not above the Galatian church. We need to recognize that we, if we're not careful, can be deceived. I've said this before several times in the past few weeks. Why is it that in, quote, church, there's so many different ideas There's so many different opinions and so many different beliefs. Why is it that you can go around to the churches in this area, gather all the preachers together, gather all of them together, put them in a room, and ask them, how many of you believe that God created the earth in six days and rested on the seventh day? There'll be a a bunch of them that'll say, we believe that, but there'll be some that will say, I don't believe that. It's what the Word says. It's what I read in the book of Genesis. But what's going on with the dude over there that said, no, I don't believe God created the earth in six days and rested on the seventh. You ask this question. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the only Son of God? Many people will say, yes, I believe that Jesus Christ is the only Son of God. There will be some in that room that will say, I believe that Jesus is a Son of God, but not the only Son of God. Or they, they would even, might go as far as to say, I believe that Jesus was a good man. He was a good prophet. But yet, their Bible has got Genesis through Revelation in it. So what I'm trying to get across is, why is there such a difference in belief? Let's take it on down. We gather a bunch of pastors together and get them in a room. We say, how many of you believe that God is a healer? Most all of them raise their hand. How many of you believe in the nine gifts of the Spirit? How many of you believe in the gift of tongues and the interpretation of tongues? Some of them will raise their hand. A bunch of them will say, no, I don't believe that. But yet we're reading, I'm reading out of 1 Corinthians, and they're reading out of First Corinthians. Why is there a difference? Here's the thing that I'm talking about, guys. Somebody is not hearing God. Now you can, we can, we can uh, put sugar on it and coat it up and make it taste peppermintary and all that, and 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 fix it up and all that. But the bottom line is that somewhere, some somewhere down the line. Somebody's not hearing God. And and listen, there are things in the Bible that you and I might not agree on, and it's not going to send us to hell. It's not going to have a a big effect on our relationship with God. It's just a difference in opinion. But listen, there are things in the Word of God, especially when it comes to morality and when it comes to uh, uh, changing the Word of God, That God will not bend on. He hasn't bent, He didn't bend 2,000 years ago, and He's not gonna bend in 2018. And if you try to bend it, or if I try to bend it, we're gonna get in a mess. Listen, it's important. It is important that you and I recognize the importance, and I know I'm preaching to the choir tonight, but it's so important that we recognize the importance of hearing. The voice of God. I was reading the other day, and in, uh, in my office at home, and, and as I was praying and studying, I reached to grab a commentary, and the and 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 Holy Spirit spoke to me so so strongly, and said, "Don't grab that commentary. I want to talk to you." I want to talk to you. I want to explain something to you. I want to give you understanding. And so I, I, I didn't get the commentary. And I just began to pray and I said, God, and, and God just began to speak to me, and I just began to write it down of, of that it has become so easy that when you don't understand something, and I'm not I'm not talking down about commentaries, okay? But I think a lot of times that that we get led out with so many opinions and so many ideas that we lose our ability to hear the voice of God because the voice that I hear doesn't line up with Jameson Fawcett Brown. The voice that I'm hearing that that, that I'm feeling from this this word is not lining up with what Matthew Henry says. All right? Nothing wrong with those guys. I I love their commentaries, and, and, and I'll use them again. God didn't say just shut them off and not use them again. But I think what God was saying to me was, look, I want to talk to you. Here's the thing that I recommend, guys. That before you pick up a commentary, get on your knees and pray and get the mind of God. Then when you pick up a commentary, if it doesn't agree with the mind and heart of God, God will check you on it and you won't let it get inside of you. All right? It becomes difficult once things get inside of us for God to get them out of us. All right? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, that is the reason that Paul, in the book of Ephesians, chapter 3. Or I think it might be chapter 1, where Paul prayed. It's in verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation of the knowledge of him. Is that chapter 1 or chapter 3? Chapter one, isn't it? <clears throat> yeah, I put it down wrong. Uh, yeah, in, in Ephesians chapter one, in verse seventeen, Paul Paul prayed for the church of Ephesus. <clears throat> he prayed for the church of Ephesus that God would give unto them a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. All right, a spirit of wisdom and revelation. In the knowledge of him to simplify that so that I can understand it wisdom is simply the ability to use revelation in a right way all right so when Paul said I pray for you Ephesians that God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him he was simply saying (coughs) my prayer for you is this that you will have the wisdom to, to use the revelation that God gives you in the right manner. Why was he praying for that? Why was he asking God, God give uh, the, the church of Ephesus this spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of, you, knowledge of you? You see the reason that he was praying that in verse 18. He said, so that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, and that you may know what is the hope of His calling, and what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of His power toward us who believe, according to the working of His mighty power. And Then on down in chapter 4, Paul said this, verse 14, that we... Uh, would henceforth be no more children, and and this verse fourteen comes right on the heels of Paul talking about uh, the fivefold ministry, the gifts <coughs> of administration in the body of Christ: the pastor, the prophet, the teacher, the evangelist, and uh, he talks about that fivefold uh, ministry. Gift that has been given to the body of Christ, and I'm thankful that we have that represented in this body, uh, and and it's and it's extremely important. And the reason that that we need that in this body is that Paul said that you would no longer be uh, children tossed to and fro and cared about with every wind of doctrine, and that cared about with every wind of doctrine is is voices that are speaking different doctrines. All right? Paul said even then even then there was so many doctrines floating around. There was so many ideas and opinions that were floating floating around. And Paul said, "Guys, God has given us pastors and teachers and evangelists and prophets and 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 apostles." He's given us these gifts and their responsibility is to teach you the Word of God so that you won't be blown around with every wind of doctrine uh, and carried about by the slight of man and the cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. So it's important (coughs) when when we hear that we hear the right voice First Peter chapter 5 and verse 8 Peter said this be sober and be vigilant because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walks about seeking whom he may devour and that word sober and vigilant entails to us that we've got to be on guard We've got to be on guard and we've got to be sober-minded and we've got to be vigilant to watch and to guard uh, and to recognize that our enemy is walking around seeking whom he may devour. That word devour means not that he's going to chew you up. It means that one mouthful is all you'll be. like my uh, golden retriever I'm going to tell you something that's real gross some of you might be hungry so this will turn you back towards your fasting (laughs) my golden retriever I let them out and they run around and they found a kitten and of course it was too late for the little kitten and and I was going to try to get it away from Zeke and uh, Zeke's his name and and I so I, I said, Zeke, drop that kitten. He dropped it. Right down his throat. Swallowed it whole. That's that's the that's the word devour. Alright. That's the word devour. Satan is our adversary he walks about seeking whom he may devour so you get we have got to be sober and vigilant now here's here's the thing how do i know when god is speaking to me how do i how do i line up what i'm hearing with my spirit and catching with my spirit how do i know that this is the voice of God there's several things that we could say but I want to focus on just this one listen when, when I fail or neglect to align what I'm hearing with my spirit with the word of God I am drifting toward failure in other words God will never speak something to you that will cause you to go outside of what his word says. You and I have the revealed word of God. It is the word of life. The psalmist said, it is your word that I will hide in my heart that I might not sin against you. David said this, and it just went out of my head. So he didn't say that. All right. But here's the thing. In Psalm 119 and verse 9, Wherewithal, wherewith shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word? That's in Psalm 119 and verse 9. Verse 10, he said, With my whole heart have I sought thee Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So here's the thing. When God speaks, he's gonna speak in line with the word of God. All right? It might not be verbatim, but it will be in line with what His Word says. It will be framed within the framework of God's Word. So God is not going to say something to Darlene that would enable her to go out here and do something that is against His Word. But you have to remember... That in our humanity, if we're not careful, we will entertain the voice that says, do something that pampers our flesh. That's what happened to Eve in the Garden of Eden. I mean, she had it made. Think about it. Her and Adam had it made. I mean, what else could you want? One thing you've got to be aware of is your hu- human flesh will never be satisfied. All right? The human flesh. Even Adam and Eve had it made, but yet the enemy comes and just a little, little conversation there with a few questions twisted that woman up so bad. She got so twisted up and so messed up. Before she knew it, she was chewing on an apple, and didn't even realize it. See, and it's the same way with us today. So, when God speaks, it will always line up with the Word of God. I have people sometimes that come and say, "Pastor." you know, I just feel like I need to go and, and witness to this individual, but I, I don't know if it's God or not. And I, and I say, well, you know, the devil's not gonna tell you to go and tell somebody about Jesus, all right? So you, you gotta be careful. Listen, and that's the importance of hiding God's word as the psalmist, as David said. He said, how can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to the word. And, and he said, let me hide your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Here's the thing, and, and we're gonna close. Listen, guys, beware. Many of you are, 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 you've been fasting and you've been praying and you've been seeking God. And and even though it it might have been hard for you, even though you know it's hurt your flesh, <clears throat> and even though your big old tears coming out of your flesh because you haven't satisfied the flesh in a while or, or something like that, beware of this or, or let me say this, because you because you have been strong and because you have stood your spirit is strong. You say, "Man, show me a devil. I, I, I'll, I will take him out." But one of the one of the greatest times that we've got to be on guard is when we are in our greatest time of victory. You know, I was thinking today about the story in the in Acts chapter five. The story of Ananias and Sapphira, and you know, revival. The church was in revival in Acts chapter five. God was doing great things. People were being saved. People were being healed. Man, God was just doing some tremendous things in people's lives. Even to the point that <clears throat> that they were they were selling their possessions and bringing the proceeds to the church and 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 doing things like that. Here's Ananias and Sapphira. Uh, now a uh, lot's not known about them, or I don't know a lot about them, but you've got to think that they were they were in in the church. They were in the 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 clique, so to speak, of what was going on. And and you've got to to Think that that they had had an experience with God, because they were in this in this nucleus of people that were selling everything they had and and they were giving it to the church and helping the poor and all that. So you got to think that Ananias and Sapphira had had maybe, perhaps, possibly uh, had an experience with God and and all that because uh, <clears throat> you know they were they were in that group. But the Bible says that that while others were selling and, and they were bringing the proceeds and giving it uh, to the apostles for them to distribute it, that Ananias and Sapphira uh, sold some of their possession and, and uh, came and, and uh, brought it to the apostles and gave it to them. But the thing was that uh, they lied, that, that they were given everything, but they held back some and, and you know the story. You know, Ananias brought it and said, Here, here's everything. And, and Peter looked at him and said, Man, you're lying. You're not lying to me. You're lying to the Holy Ghost. And he died. So three hours later, his wife walks in and she does the same thing. It wasn't the fact that they kept back some of that that they sold, God would have no, God would have uh, said nothing about that. The fact is that they uh, they wanted to look good in the eyes of man and make everybody think that they had made this big sacrifice. And so uh, they lied. They lied to the Holy Ghost. But here's the thing, guys, that I <clears throat> that I want to kind of leave us with tonight is there was a voice that they listened to that was the wrong voice it was a voice that they heard that they entertained but it was the wrong voice listen you can be around God and around some good things going on and still hear the wrong voice alright but here's here's one thing and, and I'm going to close I told you everything that God says lines up with his word if God speaks to you you can go to the word and verify it <clears throat> because it will line up with God's word so so in order for me to get the wax out of my ears and begin to hear more clearly, and that's been my goal during this fast is God, I know you I know what you speak lines up with your word. But I want to hear you clearly. I want to hear you clearly when you speak. I want to hear clearly. I wanna I wanna know, and and then the next phase of that is to obey what I'm hearing, but here's the thing that perhaps you've been doing during this fast is the moment when I, when I really want to hear God and when I really want to get a clear uh, voice of God speaking to me, it's when <clears throat> when I get to the place that I'm ready to put down my will and my way. That's when the voice of God will become the most clear when it's not about what I want it's not about how I want to do it it's about the voice of God that's speaking that's when things will change and I will begin to hear clearly when I surrender my heart to him and begin to walk in the truth of his word then his voice will begin to will begin to be louder and louder in my spirit. So, John chapter 16 and verse 13 says, Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. So Holy Spirit on the inside of me is not talking about himself. He's speaking what he hears from the Father. The Father speaks. Holy Spirit grabs. Holy Spirit speaks to me. I gotta hear. I gotta listen. Amen. Stand with me, please, and we're gonna, and I'm gonna shut it off. <clears throat> Remember what Jesus said the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out he goes before them and they follow because they know the voice of the shepherd Lord help us tonight to be so familiar with the voice of the shepherd that no matter what crowd we're in no matter how many voices are around us We can recognize the voice of the shepherd when he speaks. Amen.